0: family of God and to worship. We, uh, we've we been talking on the book of Joshua. We've just begun a series in the book of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles, thank you Mike. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Joshua chapter 3 this morning. Joshua chapter 3. Last week we started the series and we, we come came to the part where we saw that Joshua was the new leader, that God rose Joshua up to be the leader of the children of Israel. Israel had wandered around in the desert for 40 years. They were living in tents, and God had freed the children of Israel from Egypt, from slavery. And now they're living in tents, and they're wandering around the, the, the desert, and God tells them it's time to move. They get up and they move. And they keep following the Lord throughout the desert, but as Moses leaves the scene, in comes Joshua. And I want you to think with me now about a generation that has not witnessed the power of God. A whole generation, 40 years has passed by. Many of these children were growing up in situations where they did not see these miracles. They heard it from their grandfathers. They heard it from their father, who said, "Yes, we walked through that Red Sea. I remember God parted the Red Sea." But for these kids that were growing up at that point, all they could say was, "Well, we have this manna, and we have it every day, and we have these things that," and they just began to take it for granted. And so, as we as we move into this to, to the book of Joshua, we find a generation that is that is going to see what God is about to do. They're about to see a new thing that would happen. And it was the, the new thing was the fulfillment of a promise that God was giving them. God had given the promise for 40 years, and now they were seeing the fulfillment of this promise for 40 years ago. So a new generation gets to see the fulfillment of God's promises. Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. We'll begin there. Then Joshua rose early in the morning... And they set out from from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was, after three days, that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it first thought I'd like to consider this morning is this. That God's plans always include His presence. God's plans always include His presence. God had a plan for Joshua to take the land. And it was uh, the plan was to lead the children of Israel into the land. But God promised the land to Israel. And it was God's promise. He was fulfilling His work. However, His presence was upon Joshua. Joshua 1.5 As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Just like I was with Moses. I worked and I did great things through Moses. And I told Moses I would be with him. Just in the same way, I am with you, Joshua. And I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Uh, If you go over to the book of Hebrews chapter 13, you'll find that that promise is there for us. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. His presence, the promise of the presence of God. Joshua 1.9, he tells him to be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Why could Joshua be strong and courageous? Because he was a, a mighty warrior? No, because the Lord said, I am with you wherever you go. And when you have the presence of God upon you, then that changes the whole scene. Then that says that I can do this because I have this power. The power of God is upon me and I can accomplish the plan that God has given to me. Here we see that they were to follow the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the, 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 Ark of the Covenant, this was the container that God instructed Moses to build that would house the Ten Commandments. It was a, it was, it would resemble a coffin for us, about the length of a coffin. Four feet long, two and a half feet deep, two and a half feet high. Uh, two and a half feet wide, two and a half feet high. And so as, as that, this, this container came by, they were to follow the container. The container had the gold. It was overlaid with gold and the Ten Commandments, among other things, were inside, but it was for the, for the people of Israel, it was the presence of God. They knew that the presence of God rested upon the Ark of the Covenant. And so God instructed instructed them to follow the Ark of the Covenant. Joshua says that uh, basically God's presence is here. And we are not going to do this battle on our own. We're going to follow the presence of the Lord. The plans of God are His plans. But He does not give us something to do without His presence. Think about that. He has a plan. His ways are His ways, but whenever He asks you to participate, His presence is upon you. And I find that reassuring today. This gives me a lot of comfort, and this gives me courage in what God has called me to do. And I hope it gives you courage in what God has called you to do. Because God has a plan for your life. God has given you a sphere of influence. God has given you a mission in your life. And as you are accomplishing that goal, as you're accomplishing what God has called you to do, His presence is upon you. Look what Jesus said here in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Right before he ascends to heaven, he gives the very last words to his disciples. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There's your mission. There's what we're supposed to do with our life. And surely, I am with you always. To the very end of the age. It's the same phrase that he told to Joshua. Surely I am with you always. And so when we have the presence of God upon us. When God's presence is there. His power is there. And we can accomplish what God has told us to do. As Joshua leads the people to take the land. There were many issues that that there was to face. There was the issue of just living How do you take a a nation? Remember, this was a nation that was going to go in and take a new land. And this nation that had lived in tents, how are they going to eat? And all, all those type of things, they had to deal with that. But the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues now, is this river. They come up and they are upon the river and they wait three days. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Then you will follow it. So when you see the Ark of the Covenant, that's the time to follow. Joshua didn't send out the Army Corps of Engineers. You know, when that, and, and what we do with it, The Army Corps of Engineers, they go out and they scope it out, and now it's safe, and this is how we're going to do it, and they come up with a plan. Joshua sent out the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, we are going to be led by the presence and the power of the Almighty God of the universe. So, Joshua chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, as we continue. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Second thought this morning is this, that you have not traveled this way before. You have not traveled this way before. God was about to do something new. This nation had traveled all over. There was a lot of moving around. There was a, uh, it was a transient group for 40 years, getting up and moving, getting up and moving. And if you, you look at the pattern on the map, you can see all that they moved. But here we see that God says, you are going to travel to a new place. You have not come this way before. It's a new thing that God is about to do. God parted the Red Sea from Moses. And the children of Israel fled Egypt. They were running from bondage. They were running from slavery. That was their escape. Now, 40 years later, the escape is over. It is now for an entrance. So they're not running from. They're going to. And God is opening up the path. And they are going to go into this land that flowed with milk and honey. They are going to go into the land that was promised by God. The land of plentiful The ark was to have a space of about 2,000 cubits so that all may see it and know that this was God leading. They didn't want just part of the nation to follow. They wanted the entire nation. Now think about this, several thousand feet away. Do not let it get near. You want it to be out in the distance so that not just a few neighborhoods would know, but that everybody would know the direction that God is leading. And let us follow that when we see that. So, so there's space between the presence of God and the people there, the Ark of the Covenant, because he wanted to see what God was doing. And we wanted the people to follow. And today in our life, I believe the same is true. God is with us. The Bible tells us that He indwells us. Uh, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, He is here with you and uh, but but at times we need to give a little bit of space that we can follow his leadership sometimes our emotions get in the way sometimes what we want gets in the way sometimes the things of this world the affections and cares that we have for the things of this world get in the way of what God is doing and we want to follow the Lord our God we don't want to follow what I want I don't want to follow my desires And in our life, we've got to allow that to be out. Allow God to be seen as the leader of my life. Had that arrangement not been made, uh, the course of the ark would have went through flat plains of Jordan, and not everybody would have seen this great movement of God. When we're looking for that same guidance in our life, it's important for us to follow the King of Kings, to follow Him, follow His leadership, watch Him for a particular direction. I don't want to be guided by my emotions. I don't want to be guided by circumstances. I want to be guided by the Lord. Why do we act the way that we do? Sometimes we lay all kind of stress on on life because we're looking at the wrong things. And we are to come and consider who God is and follow the ways that He has for us. Let us allow a clear space between our emotions, between the things of this world. And God. I like what Henry Blackaby says. He says to join God in His work. Go where God is working and join Him. Sometimes we come and we ask God to bless our plans. Have you noticed that? God, please bless my plans. God wants us to join Him on His plan. And that's what was happening here in the book of Joshua. Joshua 5. Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Get ready. It's time to prepare for what God is doing. He's telling the children of Israel, get ready because God is going to do something really big tomorrow. There's going to be something amazing. There's going to be a wonder that you cannot describe. God is going to do this and I want you to get ready. How many times have you wanted to do something but you didn't feel like you were ready to do it? Maybe it something in the church, uh, a particular serving, uh, service that you would like to do, or something where you felt like God was tugging on your heart to do something, but you said, I'm not ready for that. Or maybe whenever I know the Bible more, I could help out with the, with the, with the ministry. I could help out in the children's ministry more when I know the Bible. I could give family devotions in our family when I know the Bible better. Well, God doesn't say to wait on all those things. Get going. Prepare yourself and get started. Ephesians, uh, Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever things are true, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are honest, think on these things. Getting ready is, is the hardest part about all the events that we go to. Did you ever notice that? I mean, our, our life, we've been going through so many events. that uh, Just this past month has been so extremely busy. And as I go to event after event after event, the hardest part is getting ready to go. It's like, you know, there's all these graduation parties and it's like, oh man, we've got 10 of them today. And you, just that whole getting ready to go. Once you get ready and you're, you've gone, you've had a great, you've had a great time when you've, when you've arrived. What you to think about this morning. Maybe you had a hard time getting here. Uh, as you woke up, you were like reminded of how tired you were from yesterday's events, you're reminded of how hot it was yesterday, you're reminded of everything but what was going on here. And even on the way in, your, your ride on the way in was not a pleasant ride, but possibly. You know, have you ever had a few of those rides? I don't know, we used to have them and we only live a mile away. We would be coming up the hill and it'd be like, oh, then we'd get out of the car and it's like, hello, we're happy to be here. Yes, we're with the family of God now, okay? And what happens is that, 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 that getting ready, that trial to get to your destination, and then when we get here, we love it because we're with the family of God. We enjoy the time. I enjoy the encouragement. But getting ready is sometimes one of the hardest parts. And Joshua is telling the people here, he says, get ready. Get ready for tomorrow. Something big is going to happen. Um, another rendering of Joshua 3 5 says this Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Amazing always begins with consecration, and consecration always ends with amazing. Think about this. We want to see God do amazing things in our life. I want to see God do amazing things in my family. I want to see God do amazing things in our church. But one of the great parts of this whole story is that the people had to prepare themselves. And he told them to sanctify or consecrate themselves. And the idea here, the word here is to set apart. Set yourself apart from the mundane things of the world unto God. Set yourself apart unto God. And so they were to come to Him and find the passion of, uh, and, and follow their passion of God. Get back to that heart connection with God. You know, when we, when we have a heart connection with God, He changes everything about our life. God loves to do amazing things. You don't have to go out and do the amazing things. God is the one who does the amazing things. But yet, the hard part for us many times is to consecrate ourselves. To set myself apart unto the things of God. To allow my heart to connect with the things of God. To sort out all the emotions of this world. To sort out the emotions that I have from the the events that are happening around me and consecrate myself to the Lord. He's looking for a deeper relationship with God. Consecration, setting ourselves apart, is not just going to church once a week. It's not just doing your devotions. It's not just keeping the Ten Commandments. It's not volunteering to serve in a ministry. It's not going on a mission trip. It's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. And it's about a connection with God. Truly connecting and setting my heart apart for God and to God. Having a deeper purpose and a deeper focus and a deeper connection with Him. For the children of Israel, they understood what that meant. They understood consecration. They understood sanctification at that point. For them, it was a ceremonial act. They would wash in water and change their clothes. And they were ceremonially clean. But God wants us today to come and give that heart. And as God gets a hold of the heart, true change comes from the inside out. And that's where God can impact a world. More than 100 years ago, a British revivalist issued a timeless challenge that, uh, that has echoed across the generations. And he said this, The world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through and in and by the man who is fully and wholly consecrated to God. There was a man that was sitting there that day, a young man. Named D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody took those words and it didn't just stop at his ears and went right into his heart. And D.L. Moody was used by God. He said, I want to be that man. I want to see what God can do if I will just set myself apart, my heart, unto the things of God. D.L. Moody went on to be one of, the, one of the greatest preachers that we know of. He had an impact that was worldwide. And, uh, and he reached more than one million people in his 40-year span of public ministry that he had, 40 years, 1 million people. This is before the days of the internet, before the days of TV and the radio. He's reaching a million people. God used him to help bring a revival around the world. His ministry still lives on today. The Moody Church was started by D.L. Moody, uh, Moody Moody Bible Institute, Moody Publishing Company, And so God can use one man. And so the question I ask today is, what about you? Where are the D.L. Moody's today? They're right here. They're sitting in our auditorium. And God's looking for people who will say, yes, I will set myself apart unto the Lord. And while God may not have a plan for you to reach a million people, he does have a plan for you to reach the people that he wants you to reach. And he has a plan for you to impact your world right where you're living. And God wants to change lives by starting with you as you set yourself apart unto the Lord. Amazing always begins with consecration. And consecration always ends with amazing. The next thought this morning is that there are no obstacles to God's plan that he cannot remove. There are no obstacles to God's plan that he cannot remove. Joshua 3, verses 14 through 17. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of harvest. Let you think about the the Jordan River. We'll put the map here up of the Jordan River. The Jordan River... Is a, is a lengthy river it comes from we see it here on the map coming down from the Sea of Galilee into the Dead Sea. You can see just above the Dead Sea is Jericho. And the, uh, the, the Jordan River was a sense of protection for Jericho. It was, uh, you know, p- they weren 't assuming anybody was going to make their way across that. As you, as, as you went through the dry season, the, uh, the width in this area was probably about a1,000 feet wide, and uh, it was the dry season. But the scriptures here tell us that for the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of harvest. This was during the rainy season. And what happens during the rainy season is that that river overflows and it swells up over its banks and can be a mile wide at that time of the year. So what Joshua is telling us here is that this was a challenge they were not going to take a nation of people across this river. It was impassable. To, they could not pass that, that river to get to where God wanted them to go unless God was going to do something. If God's presence is a part of his plan, then what obstacles are there really? Um, he, the obstacle here was the river. Verse 16. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still. So when the priest... Carried the ark of the covenant, and they put their foot in the water. It, the river stood still, and it rose in a heap very far away at the city of Adam. So the waters that went down into the sea of, uh, uh, to the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. So here they are. They come along, and the the priests go out there. They're carrying the ark of the covenant, God's presence, and it wasn't now. Think about this. If you were one of those Levitical priests carrying that. Here they come, and they put their foot in the water. They got their feet wet. There was an act of faith there. And they stepped out, and when they did that, 20 miles north, 15 to 20 miles north at the city of Adam. So you go up that map, 20 miles north. God stops the water. The water goes into the Red Sea, uh, into the Dead Sea, goes down into the Dead Sea, and it dries up. God performs a miracle; He removed the obstacle to His work. Verse seventeen: Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Many times in our life, we look at obstacles, and God wants us to look at them as opportunities. There are obstacles of our plan, the obstacles of what God is trying to do, and really what they are is they're opportunities for God to show himself. This is an opportunity for God's mighty hand. He flexed his muscle of of power, and here he showed a miracle to the children of Israel. And the children of Israel said, yes, the presence of the Lord is upon us. Just like he was with Moses, he is upon us now under our new leader Joshua. When God does his work, make a memorial to never forget it. When God does his work, make a memorial to never forget it. Joshua chapter 4 verse 1. And it came to pass that when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourself twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean? Then you shall answer that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever we have a picture there of these of of just just the thought of some stones just think about that the water was dried up the children of israel cross and god says i don't want you to forget what i've done i don't want you to ever forget that i am your provider i don't want you to ever forget that i am the one who has the plan and the purpose it all comes from me and i want you to follow me so today I want you to think with me about your power of stones. What kind of stones do we have? I have a little stone up here. And as you leave today, I'm going to ask everyone to take one of these. There will be several people who have them in the foyer in some baskets. And what I want you to do is I want you to think about the memorial of what God has done in your life. You now, there are so many times we get, we get going on with our life and we say, Well, you know what? I forget the work of God. I forget that God did a work and I have to remind myself that God is still in control that God is still at work for example just a few months ago we raised the the Christmas offering right we we helped missionaries all around the globe that was God and we're excited about it and now it's June and we're worried about paying the light bills God is still God right and I come to him and I, write, I, I give my memorial to God. I say, God, thank you. You provided for us in days gone by. You are the sustainer of the church. And I come and I trust you. Maybe there are, are things in your life that you're looking at and you're saying, wow, I have some pretty tough situations in my family right now. I have some pretty heavy issues that I'm going through. And God wants us to, to make that memorial. To make a pile of stones and to go back into. Uh, in, into yesterday and remember what God has done because God is your provider God is your source and when I come and I thank him for what he's done that gives me confident assurance that I'll be able to go on for the future my life is filled with change right now but you know what I'm able to come before God and I'm able to say God you, you were there for me yesterday I know that you'll be there for me tomorrow and I know that you did this, and you've done that. I look at our, our family going through rapid change right now. And I say, okay, God, I trust you. Because you are the God of the universe. You are the God. You helped me when we brought those little kids home, and you help those little kids they become adults. And I'm able to trust you. So today, as, we, as you leave, I'd like for you to take one of these stones. Just put it in your pocket, take it home. Put it on on your dresser. Put it on the mantle in your living room. And think, how can I make a memorial to God? How can I respond to the Lord for who He is? Thank Him for what He's done. And honor Him and all that He he is. Because He's the one who's my power. He's my source. He's my provider. We'll put that picture of the stones up there again. Because that is what He told those people to do. He said, make a memorial so that you will never forget. And the ultimate, the ultimate reason that he did this was over in Joshua 4, verse 24. He says, That all peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. And this is why God was doing this. Why did God stop the, 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 uh, the river? He did it not just to accomplish his plan, but so that all people of the earth may know That the hand of the Lord is mighty. So that they may fear the Lord your God forever. As we close today, I want to challenge you to think about about your life. Number one, are you preparing your, your heart? Are you preparing your life for God to do amazing things? God wants to do amazing things. You think you can do amazing things? God can do way more than what you could imagine, what you could think. And you want to begin to start to prepare yourself by consecrating yourself, setting your heart apart to God. I want to challenge you today. Go home and make a plan. How can I begin to start to set my heart apart unto the Lord? How about your memorial? As we go home today, let's, let's carry on this thought of the memorial. And let's make a memorial unto the Lord. And never forget what He has done. And as we begin to live, as you face new trials, as you face new things, and God is going to take you places that you've never traveled before. There's going to be new things that are happening in your life. And as that happens, how about your memorial stuff? Are you able to come back and say, I'm following God? Because I know he was there already. And his presence is with me now. And I'm going to let him continue. That's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today. Would you just meet with the Lord? Respond to Him. God is so good to allow us to see this history of the the nation of Israel. The history of the work of God. And the lessons that we could learn. It's so rich. It's just so exciting to see that, that God would hold back a river for His people, for a nation to walk through. And here, today I ask you, what is the Jordan of your life? What is the river that you're facing? What is that insurpassable situation that is looming over your mind? It's always on your heart. God is your provider. He's been there He has a plan and His presence is with you right now. I love it. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If God is really with us, then we can accomplish His plans. Father God, I pray right now for the people of our church, Lord. You are here and You are doing great work in our life. Father, we see so so many things that can only come from the hand of god and lord we respond to you and we we praise you and we thank you for who you are god i pray right now that you'll be with each person in this place as they they make their moments with you right now as they take a few time a few minutes to respond to you lord thank you that you died on the cross that you came back to life again for us thank you for giving us eternal life Thank you for the way you've worked in great and mighty ways. And Lord, we just ask now that you help us to keep our focus, to remember the presence of God, to remember the work of God, and to rely on you to follow the ark, to follow the presence of God in our life. In your name we pray. Amen.